0: I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right, today we have from beautiful Kansas City uh, a couple of lovely people, Michael and Courtney Weaver. They train insurance agents, insurance agencies. Um, sounds like they've been in the game a long time. Uh, welcome on the show. I really appreciate you both being on. So, tell me a little bit about what kind of training you guys do, and and. Uh, and the impact that you're having on on all these insurance agents because that's you know I'm in that business too and I know a lot of times uh in insurance you know especially if you have someone that's working remotely it can be a pretty lonely job and so you have to do a lot of things to and and talk with them about how to how to maintain focus how to not get distracted from things and quite quite honestly just to have someone to talk to because Everybody's got to brag about something to somebody, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for having us. It is a cold day in Kansas City. We were just talking about that when we were getting into it. But we own a, like you said, a a coaching and and training organization for insurance agents. And I think one of the biggest things that we noticed, we started a scratch insurance agency um, two months after we got married, actually. So we got married on February 1st. We decided that we're crazy enough to start an insurance agency two months later, Wow. We had, um, yeah. Wow is right. Because when you start scratch, luckily you, we're still together. So, you know, still <laughs> together.
0: It's been how long I goes this been?
1: That was 2014.
2: Yep. So we've been, okay. we've been in the space about a little over a decade. So yeah. 12, 12 total years. And then we started our agency. Yeah. Of 14.
1: Yeah. So we made it through that. I, I don't know how, because we were broke and we were newlyweds and it was one of those things. When you only have one option, when there's no plan B, you get real scrappy really quickly. And what we found in the first few years is, you know, we were having success and we were hitting the trips and we were just trying to figure it out and make money. That was our big goal was, okay, we want to make money. We have to, we have, you know, double income that we have to take care of. And we have employees and, We started just kind of taking note of what we were doing. People kept asking us, What's happening? How are you having this success? And so, Michael actually had how many conversations did you have that year? Um,
2: Yeah, 453. Like it was, and that's how we really, that's how Weaver Sales Academy started because I would have 30 minute to one hour conversations and really pinpointing, like, okay, this is what's wrong in your business. Do this. Um, Because it's everything, and, and you know this, Jeff, it's everything from, lack of processes and systems, lack of sales knowledge, lack of accountability with team members. And so we narrowed it down to four or five things that I was hearing consistently in every conversation. And it's like, we can like, it, cause it it hurt. We were having what great success. We were making great money. We were traveling three months a year. We were doing the company trips. We were hitting the recognition, top 100 agency every single year. Like it was fun. We were growing by over a million in premium a year it was not like that for my peers and and our peers um because we were in this together and it's that's how this all started because it's like in, this is supposed to be fun and you're supposed to make a lot of freaking money while helping a lot of freaking people like
1: well and i think for insurance at least for us i mean we're midwestern kids so we come from very humble beginnings um and we really wanted to make a difference we really wanted to create wealth and legacy we we wanted to when we have a family leave it better then maybe it was modeled for us and the people that were around us. Um, They did a great job, but they struggled. Like our families both had to struggle through it. So insurance became this like almost golden ticket where you're like, oh yeah, insurance agents, they make a shit ton of money. Yeah, I want to be one of them. And then you get into it. And a lot of times it's like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, you know? So I think that's really our mission is to Elevate an entire industry and say that there is room to grow here. There's room to have a wonderful, amazing life. Here are the tools to do that. And to really, I think, bring a community together. So we have a community of about 4000 people. Um, And I think that's one of the best parts about insurance is because it can be a lonely gig. And when you're talking to people on their worst day, they're calling you up like, hey, this claim didn't pay out. I'm having a problem with my bill. Like that's important to have that community together. So We essentially put all of that together in 2018. We launched Weaver Sales Academy and and here we are today and and we're having fun and we're helping people make money and enjoy what they're doing.
0: So what I love, first of all, about what you guys said is you were broke. You got married, broke. I know that feeling. Okay. I did that the first time back in the day. Um, you got started. You didn't have to burn your ships because your ships were already smoked when you said I do.
1: There were no ships.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there were no ships. (laughs) And you know, there's three things that drive people need to want to and fucking have to.
1: Yes. And that's where
0: you guys were. Yeah, you you have to. Yeah. And you know, the the thing is, though, what I what I want to ask you is that as your business grows, and, and I'd be shocked if this was any differently uh than than it was for me when 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 I started out, I was go, go, go all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything was was one hundred percent focused on building revenue. Mm-hmm. But over time, as you grow, you have problems to deal with, you have compliance issues to deal with. you have all this stuff. And now I feel like I'm lucky if ten percent of what I do is driven towards revenue. Do you guys, you guys, ever find yourself in that spot?
1: Oh my gosh. We're there right now. I mean, <laughs> like the, we're there right now because it's, I think it, an entrepreneurship and I don't want to speak for Michael, but you know, cause we've tag teamed this since the beginning and we've gone on and opened other businesses and tried different things. And I think that in the beginning, you are focused on, on money and how do I pay my bills and how do I pay other people's bills? And I think there's kind of that ebb in the flow, you know, there's, there's times when you're like, oh, I have a shit ton of money, but I don't have as much time. And then it kind of flips to where you're like, okay, I have more time and less, and you kind of go through all of those phases. So I would say we're there right now where we're kind of looking at the next season and going, okay, is this moving the needle?
2: What's the growth of leadership growth of being a business owner? I mean, so many folks, talk about the CEO role, but I think the CEO role looks different amongst everybody, depending on what your goals are, what, what success looks like to you. And it's, um, and, and I think that's the challenge of, of leadership. I mean, look, the, the road to success and the road of leadership is not easy shit. I mean, it's curvy, it's bumpy, there's potholes, there's mountaintops, there's valleys, and it's figuring out what does your role look, what, what does success look like to you? What's going to, to fulfill you? What brings you joy every single day? However, you still have to, and this is like me, I'm money motivated. Like that's why I got into business was to make a lot of fucking money. And so how can you still do income producing activities every single day that move the needle in your business, whether that's you actually doing it, or maybe it's teaching someone on your team to do it or motivating them to do it. And so that's really what we what we went through in the growth. And and like, we always concentrate on three things. What are three things we do or can do every single day to move the needle in our role or our business?
0: Have you ever, I'm curious, have you ever run across an agent or anyone who uh, got in this business on purpose? Because I don't know a single person that did.
2: The only, you know,
0: nobody, I don't, I'm, I'm yet to meet, you know, we have a lot of agents. And I'm yet to meet one that said I dreamed about doing this when I was six years old.
2: <laughs> you know, the only <laughs> ones I ever come across are the ones that grew up in it, and that is very few and far between. Like I, I've like two two out of the thousands of agents I know, I only yeah. have two two that come to mind. And it's because they both grew up in the system. Like,
1: yeah, but I think it's because they saw what their lifestyle afforded. More so, I I don't think anyone grows up and they're like. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be that. I want to be an <laughs> insurance agent. Like I, I, I no. agree. I don't think that happens.
0: No, and and but there's really there's really no other industry out there uh that I know of that can create wealth more quickly mm-hmm. than ours. Yep. You know. Um, you know, except maybe you know, selling blow in Miami, maybe that'll maybe, <laughs> maybe that'll do it. But you, if that's you still a, a bit, thing. yeah, you run a little bit of risk on that. Um,
1: <laughs> the but, risk, the risk reward. You gotta uh, you gotta look at that one first. But
0: sure. it, it's funny though because I will talk to people. I'll go to conferences and whatnot, and I'll run into people all the time. People that are you know motivational speakers or whatever, and they want to get into our game. And they'll be talking to someone telling me all the upsides. They'll be telling me, you know, the, the money's this, you know, you can do this, you can do that. And I'll sit there and I'll listen to them. And I, and I said, well, let me tell you the shit they didn't tell you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. i like, you, you know, you're, you're going to be financially responsible for all these people. You know, if, yeah, if uh, a guy was talking about recruiting like, like 500 agents, I said it only takes one to bring you down. It only takes one. You have to remain vigilant on that. You you can you can have one agent that, that might be a crook, and God knows we've had those in the past, and they're hard. You know, in the 30 years I've been doing this business, I have put or helped put at least 20 people in jail. Because I want these people out of my business. I want yeah. them out of yep. my industry. Um and and so uh, you know, we, we, we caught a guy a couple of years ago uh, who, who was in San Diego and one of my people caught it. He had written 10 different lines with eight different companies all at the same time. And thank God we caught it because this guy could have took us down for like $300,000. So yes. you, you, you have to, you know, so yeah, it, it's a great business, but you have to be vigilant On on everything, and I mean everything, and you know, and and you can't assume anything. Like we'll we'll be hiring an agent, and somebody will say, "Well, I think he's a little bit of a crook." I said, "As long as I know that, I know what to look for. I know what to watch. I'm okay with that. As long as he's not doing anything under my watch, it's fine. But at least I know what to look for. But it's the goody two shoes guys that screw you over." Those are the ones you have to look out for.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Unfortunately, yeah, if,
1: if you're a snake, just tell me that's what you are and let me decide if so I can I know what with. to
0: work with. Yeah. Well,
2: I think some, I mean, just in my experience, I think it's sometimes ego takes over. Like sometimes they think they're above the, above the law. Like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I can do whatever I want when that's just not the case in the insurance world. Like you can't do the, and that's just it in any world, but you, you got to follow the rule. You got to, You got to play by the rules. Well,
1: and I think that this is where in our industry there, and I think this is why people don't want to grow up and become insurance agents is because there is a stigma around it. And I think this is kind of sales in general too, of being this like sleazy, scammy, pushy salesperson or insurance agent or whatever that looks like. And in sales, doing the right thing for the customer and having integrity actually makes you a shit ton of money. Like if, if- That's where this, I think sometimes we, we blur that a little bit. And it's like, if you just do your job, that's how you get paid really well.
0: You know, it's not about, it's, it's the people that are in the people that are in sales that are selling do okay. The people that are out helping, Mm -hmm. they're the ones that make a lot of money. They're the Mm -hmm. ones that do well, because I've always taken the approach with 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 any anyone that I that I sell to is how am I going to solve your problems? Right. Yep. And sometimes I'll discover problems that they don't they don't even know that they had. Uh I, it, it was interesting. Uh just yesterday I had someone uh call me up and 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 he had hit a wall and he was saying, you know, every time I get on the phone, the first thing these people want to know is how much does it cost? You know, I don't give a shit about any of this other stuff. I just want to know, what does it cost? And I said to him, people think of things in pictures. Okay. So if I say pink elephant, then in your mind, that's just the way we work. You're, you're thinking about a pink elephant. So if someone asks you, you know, what does it cost? I would ask you, do you guys like pizza?
2: Oh, yeah. We love
0: everybody pizza. likes pizza. <laughs> So how much does a pizza cost?
1: Like 25 bucks.
0: Okay. But to determine that, we have to find out what kind of pizza you like. Do you mm-hmm. want a, a thin one? Do You want a, a thick one? Uh, do you want a vegan pizza? Do you need a carnivore pizza like I like? Uh, do you uh, need a, a, a something that's gluten-free? Is there any toppings on it that either you don't like, or or you may be allergic to, or, or your system can't tolerate. So basically what I need to know, I need you to help me build the pizza mm. that you like, and it's going to satisfy you. And it's going to determine, you know, what's going to agree with you. Once we determine that I can tell you what it costs. Yeah. Mm,
2: amen. We were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason. Ask more yeah. qu- like so many, so many salespeople in general, they feel like they can just talk someone into buying something like, Hey, let me tell you why this is so damn good. And it's like, no, just ask the questions to help them self-discover the problem. So you can provide the solution for their unique, whatever problem they have.
1: Well, I think when I w- when I was starting in sales for me, I always felt uncomfortable because I, I felt like I needed to know the answer as a salesperson or that I had to like know it all. So I think that's where you start kind of like word vomiting on people when you are trying to build rapport and pinpoint their actual pain is, at least for me, that was something that I. They got to get
2: with. to the rapport building. They yeah. got to get to that first. <laughs>
0: you <laughs> know, know but, but the, the, the biggest problem I see is um, they, uh, people, uh, salespeople unknowingly create their own objections. And it's just simply by the way that they, they ask. So if, if I went to someone and, and they said, well, you know, I'm 45 years old. I've never had insurance before in my life. A lot of people would ask, well, why haven't you had that? Well, if I ask them, why haven't you ever taken it out? It's going to make them feel like a dumbass. Mm -hmm. It's going to make them feel offended. It's going to make them feel insecure. It's going to throw that wall up in front of them. Yep. Instead, I would ask them something like, "Why have you delayed doing this uh, up at, up until this point?" I wouldn't even say, "Why why have you delayed doing anything about this until now?" I would just say, "What what what's kept you from doing this? What's what's held you back from doing this?" And when you when you say something like that then you're engaging them into a conversation. You're engaging them say, well, you know, I did this and that, instead of saying, well, gee, why, why haven't you?
2: Yeah. Yep. yep like I actually, you
0: don't, you don't give a shit about your kids. You don't give a shit about your wife. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, so it, you know, it's just like, it's just like if I went and ate a, ate a whole pizza. Okay. You know, and, and if I was trying to lose weight, if I went and ate a, a whole pizza, that, that cost, I mean, that had 10,000 calories in it. I would pass out at the gym, literally pass out, and they take me to the ER before I burned off enough calories to overcome the 10,000 that I ate. Wouldn't it be better if I just didn't eat the pizza at all? It would be the same thing as if, you, if, you, if I say something negative to, to my wife or something that were to piss her off. It would take me two dozen things to overcome that. So I'm just better off not doing it. And the same thing comes with, 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 with bringing up things that might be offensive to someone. You're just better off not doing it. You want to help them. You don't want to be a dick to them. You want to, you want to help them uh, get to where they want to be instead of judging them, or at least them thinking that you are.
2: Yeah. I love, I love those conversations because it's, I I like to do the crowd effect. Like, Hey, no worries. 98% of my people that I work with and help out were in your exact situation. They'd never even thought about it. And that's exactly why I'm here having the conversation with you today.
1: Yeah. yeah. And why would it be important to you now? So you're listening to me and you're open to having the conversation. So tell me why it's important right now. Because whatever yeah. happened in the past is is fine. And I think people carry enough shame and guilt on their own that we don't have to throw shit on top of that.
0: Yeah. You know, and and, and it's like, it's also asking them and having them talk to you and verbalize to you what the consequences would be if they didn't do anything. What are the consequences of them staying the same versus moving forward with something else? And that, that's not only true with, with selling insurance. It's, it's true with selling anything. Is what are the consequences be if you don't make a change?
2: But the only way you get to those consequences is by, a, by asking questions, disturbing exactly. complacency questions through a discovery conversation. Like <clears throat> you have to have a series of questions that you have, and then it's just not ask the question and move on. It's ask the question, listen to the answer and dig into the answer, because that's how you're going to get them emotionally involved into the conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're selling cars, selling insurance, selling real estate what how can you what questions can you ask and then be genuinely curious about it like whatever their answer is well why would that be important to you
0: yeah it's it's the basic common thing everybody wants to be listened to and understood there's not a person on earth that doesn't want to be listened to and understood and most salespeople don't do that if 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 i'm going to if i'm going to go uh go down the street to the ferrari dealership okay and uh and the sales guy walks up to me and he's going to start telling me oh it'll do this it'll do that it'll it'll yeah you know, it, it that doesn't do anything for me if if i were the guy i would be asking questions about why i wanted it and start picturing to me how i'm going to feel after i bought it
1: Yeah. That actually happened. So I, uh, last year I put my dream car on my vision board and I said, all right, you know, I I set up all of these, like, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to get it. Like I I had it forever. I'm gonna work my ass off. Like, this is my car. So we go to the dealership and I'm in sales. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's make it happen. I'm ready to negotiate the whole thing. So Michael and I are together and we walk up and I'm like, this is what I want. I want this black two-door Mercedes I knew exactly, I wanted to sound a certain way. I, I want to feel a certain way when I'm in this like beast. And the guy immediately starts showing me SUVs because that's all the inventory they had on the lot. Yeah. So he had the, this Jag SUV and all these things. And I'm like, dude, you're not listening to me. Like, I want this, I am ready to buy this car. And I think, you know, we went back and forth for a long time. I and mean, he didn't get the sale. And some other guy came up and actually listened to me, heard what I was saying. Why do you want this car? When do you want it? Like all of these questions. So I think that to your point, that's a real life thing that happens all the time. And the guy didn't get the commission. Cause I'm like, no way, dude.
0: Well, he, he, probably, <laughs> he maybe, maybe he assumed you were a soccer mom.
1: Yeah. Like, you I, know, or uh, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: maybe maybe assume yeah. you're a soccer mom. Maybe hot soccer mom, hot soccer mom, hot, hot, soccer,
0: soccer, mom. Mom. hot like that. soccer mom.
2: That's right. <laughs> and, and, here, and here's the other thing: it may be like so many people are in cells, yet they failed to develop themselves skill up. And it's like, and that can go from an organization standpoint with lack of training, but it's up to the individual to invest in themselves. Even reading books, watching YouTube videos, whatever, you can do it for free. Just skill up. Your customers deserve it. You deserve it. Your family deserves it. Like become a master at what you're doing. Like have confidence in what you're doing. But the only way you have confidence is if you actually train and get better.
0: Yeah. And so sadly, so few people do it. They they reach a point to where they're doing well, mm-hmm. and they're like, ah, fuck it, I know everything already, I know everything, I don't, I don't need to train, you know, I, I read, I read at least three books a month uh, about all kinds of things, and I only started doing that in the last four or five years, I could only imagine where I would be if I did that 20 years ago, because, you know, you're, you're, you're never, you know, you never know everything, there's hardly a day that goes by, even in our industry, that I don't learn something new. Uh, just it, it, it's crazy, it's crazy not to. Um if you look at uh, you know, I used to live in Tampa and Tom Brady lived like a mile from me. Okay? Ew. <laughs> He's got a coach. <laughs> He he ha- he has a coach. Sorry, I'm a He's teastan. always I training, had to do he's that. always learning, he's always getting. But you're just jealous I live close to him and you did. <laughs> sure, that's uh, true.
1: We got Mahomes. <laughs> so I'm going to let that one go. No. <laughs> the
2: best the best ones do have coaches. Like you
1: have best to ones have
0: coaches.
2: The MJ's, the Tom Bradys, the Kobes of the world. Like they're but, at the top of their game yet, they're always trying to take it to the next level because that's how you become the goat. That's how you become the best.
0: And you know, you know what that is? What that's called? it's called obsession. Mm. It's called obsession. So I'll give you a great example. Had a conference uh, not long ago, group of agents, had two agents. Uh, They both came in at the same time. They received the same training. Okay. One was dead broke, had nothing, and he was about to lose everything that he had. The other uh, was married, spouse was doing okay, making pretty good money. All right. The broke guy was just, he just dived into it. He just dived into it, hook, line and sinker. And he started doing presentations this weekend. And I, I, it was the first time I really knew just how he had gotten into it. And this was a guy who was totally obsessed. Last year, one guy wrote 5,000 lives. One person. Wrote five thousand lives, and he walked up to me uh, during one of the breaks, and he said, "Hey, I can't brag about this to anybody, but uh, I just want to let you know I got two and a half million dollars sitting in the bank right now." He says, "I can't tell them; they'll get jealous." He, I said, "Man, I'm so proud of you." The other person is probably going to get kicked out of their territory. Last year they did two hundred and fifty policies, same training. You know, you know, same came in at the same time. One is obsessed with mm-hmm. what they're doing. The other is, is is still making excuses, still complaining, still. I, I heard this person complain the whole meeting about, about things. The other, the other one, he's got no excuses at all. He's just out hitting it with a hammer. So the way that you show up, this is true with business, it's true with seeing your family on holidays. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like doing it, but yeah, I have a saying, the way you show up is the way things will end up. Mm. If, if if you show up with that hunger and that obsession with positivity, that's how it's gonna end. If if I get on a plane and fly to Atlanta and see my family and you know, there's people I don't wanna see and people I don't like or whatever, and I'm pissed off before I get on the plane to go up there, I'm gonna p- be pissed off the whole time that I'm there and I'm gonna come home probably even more pissed off. So it, it's how you show up is the way things end up.
2: I love that. That's that's a good one. That's, yeah. that's so freaking true. Um, and like the example you're saying right now, if he's complaining all the time, what's happening on your outside environment is what's going on on the inside. So if you're negative ass attitude all the time and you're always worrying, complaining about everything that's going bad, guess what? You're attracting more bad shit to your life. Like it's not going to go good. So no. it's attitude. Like you got, yes, obsession is a hundred percent, you got to be obsessed with what you're doing. And then it's attitude. Like every single person has 100% control of their attitude. And it's either going to be good, can do, positive, optimistic, or it's going to be, oh, I can't do that, man. I can't believe that happened again.
0: So I had, uh, I, I looked one time, uh, this was several years ago, but I think, I think it would be true today. I looked at our top 20 salespeople. Okay. Our top 20. And you meet some of these people and you meet them and talk to them one-on-one and you would wonder why in the hell anybody would give them a check and a social security number. Okay. Um, the, the, the top 20 guys, a lot of these certainly were not the smartest, not, not by, but not by any means, but they treated what they did as their career they treated what they did as this is what I have to do to pay the bills. This is what I have to do to help people and, and whatnot. You know, typically, uh, and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with this. If you ever have a meeting with a bunch of people, the guy who's asking all the dumbass questions and wanting to argue with you about IRS rules and all that stuff, that's the person who is doing nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, otherwise he wouldn't have time to sit at home and read all these IRS rules. You know, he'd be out making a living.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and in that situation, dude, you're looking for, you're looking at the obstacle instead of the opportunity. Like you have to focus on where's the opportunity. Cause there's always going to be shit that comes up. And I think to your point, Jeff, of being obsessed, you have to know why you're doing something. Like we got into sales. We got into insurance because we knew that we wanted to make an income and we wanted to make an impact. We wanted to be good people helping other good people protect their money, grow their money, take care of their money. Right. So if you're focused on that and obsessed with that, you're okay with the shit that comes at you. Like Pressure is a privilege. Like that's fine. That that's just part of the gig, but every single day I'm going to do whatever it takes because it's not going to be sunshine and roses all the time.
0: No. You,
1: you have to be okay with the fact that if, when I am failing, or if, when I am at my worst, am I still enjoying and headed towards my destination? Because if not pick something else, this gig gets real tough, real quick.
0: You know, and you always have to keep in mind, too, is that every, you know, every every problem that you have, every bad stint that you have going on, it won't last forever. It'll be over. And I can tell you that there are there are opportunities that I enjoy now that literally came from times that I thought my world was going to fall apart you just have to there's opportunities in all these problems if you choose to look for them you know we we had a company one time that pulled a product it it literally ripped my model apart it really did we went for 2 years our income literally dropped in half just by them dropping one product because we had to re you know retool retrain we had to we had to do all this stuff we had to get all these all, all these agents to 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 change their mind about what they wanted to do and whatnot, but now, uh, it, because that forced me to, to think outside the box and do other things, it led us into other markets that that now we, I mean, otherwise we would never be into now. So there's always opportunities in these problems as long as you look for them.
2: Yep, I. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of the old saying that things don't happen to you; they happen for you. All right, so. So with every pro, cause look, let's face it. Sales is, sales is tough, man. Like sales is bumpy roads, sales it's ups and downs. Now, obviously the better you get, the more you get into it. Hopefully you shrink the, the valleys and the mountaintops where it's more consistent, but no matter what you're doing, whether you're in sales or whether you're the, the business owner, things are going to happen. And you got to be able to be able to get back Adapt to the change, and and again, it's happening for you. Like obviously, it was it was supposed to happen. So, what's the what's the outcome now?
1: Well, and we actually had something similar happen to us when we were in agency. So, there was a product line that we were really good at. So, out of twenty thousand agents, we were in the top fifty, and we were killing it in this product line. And then they pull it, and we're like, "Oh shit!" And I. I mean, we had multiple. And that was
2: young in our agency career. Oh that was God. 40% of our income. I mean, I, gone remember,
1: and- I remember having so many conversations in our tiny, our first house, it was tiny. We're just, you know, living off of fucking cheap wine and pizza. And we're like, what are we doing? Like, how are we going to survive? Because you, you think that you're on this path and then something gets pulled. And what came of that was we had to innovate, we had to get scrapped. We were getting complacent. We were like, oh, this is, yeah, I'm good at this. And so to your point, it forces you to go, okay, let me open my mind a little bit and go, all right, this happened. Now what do I do with it? Because mm-hmm. you can either accept it and be like, all right, this sucks. This is how it is. And you can do that for a little bit, trust me. We we laid there for a moment of like, yeah, this yeah. sucks. We buckled you
2: down. But, yeah. And
1: then we focused on and we started looking at okay, where are products that were not another selling?
2: product that could solve a customer's problem? And we went all in on it. And all of a sudden, within 12 months, not only did we make the 40% back, but we had doubled our income. And yeah. it's like
1: so it's yeah, I. I think that there's always, there's always things that are going to come at you and they're going to knock you on your ass. And it's okay to have a moment. Just don't live there. Don't like pack up shop and like unpack everything and be like, all right, cool. This is my house. Complacency,
0: complacency. That's the death knell of a lot of people. It really is. And at least you were drinking cheap wine and eating pizza. You weren't down to ramen noodles and craft macaroni and cheese. Oh,
1: don't kid yourself. Oh, that yeah. chicken ramen was going down. It,
0: yeah, it was going down, <laughs> huh? Yeah, you know, have you ever, have you ever had the dig? Because I have. Have you ever had the dig under the couch looking for for coins?
1: Oh, I you, the you amount dig of under time. the
0: car seat to try to oh, find yeah. money. The
1: the change in my cup holder to pay for gas. Oh, I find some I,
0: quarters and you're like, oh fuck, I'm rich. <laughs>
1: I've been broke, broke, like where you write a check for groceries and thank God, I hope they don't do that until tomorrow, kind of situation. Like multiple grocery stores, coupons here, clipping the like, yeah. I mean, and I think that those moments just having gratitude for like, yeah, that fucking sucked, but I never want to be there again. And I think that's one of oh. our biggest motivators is like, we've been there and it sucks. And I don't, I, I don't want to be there. And I don't want my customers to be there. I don't want my friends to be there. I don't want anyone I know to have to go through that, but it does build character muscle yeah. that you're like, okay, I know how to handle this resilience.
0: So there are opportunities everywhere though. If you just look for them. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a great example. Of this. this this is really funny. I got a letter from my HOA about my mailbox need, needing to be painted, All right, it's You got to love, these, them. You love, love the HOAs, black, don't you? One of these black wrought iron deals. Well, I thought they were singling me out. So I went and got some paint on a Saturday morning, and I'm out there painting the mailbox. All these people are walking by saying, oh, I see you got the memo too. Yeah, so it, it wasn't me. Everybody on the street got it. So about the fifth person that walked by said, hey, my house is four doors down if you want to do it. And I said, yeah, 300 bucks, happy to do it. He says, okay, well, just knock on my door when you're done and I'll pay you. So I just walked down there and I painted his mailbox. Another guy asked me, will you paint my mailbox? So Saturday and Sunday, I painted 12 mailboxes for 300 bucks a piece. (laughs) None of these people even knew I even lived here. they just thought I was just somebody out
1: there hustling. I
0: Love it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I didn't, I didn't ask anyone, can I paint your mailbox? They just saw me solving a problem and they said, Hey, uh, it it was hysterical. I mean, $3,600 in, 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 in two days painting mailboxes. I I think I used a hundred dollars worth of paint.
2: Cash money,
0: yeah, that's right. It was all in benjamins, you know.
2: That's right.
0: And um, you know, my my wife, she was out of town that weekend at a medical conference. She comes home and there's a stack of cash this high sitting on the kitchen counter, <laughs> and she's like, "Where, where did that, where did that come from?" I said, "It's mailbox money, honey." Literally, yeah, there we yeah. go. There we go. Money. but you know the the, the I think and 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 I harp on this a lot. In that people being unreliable these days and times is fucking epidemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's epidemic. I think if you're just reliable and show up and do what you're supposed to do, when you say you're going to do it and do the best that you can, you don't have to do a great job. You just do the best that you can. I think that puts you in the top 5% of any category just doing that. It's easier than ever to stand out. It's easier than ever to make money. What a breath of fresh air it is to have someone to show up your at your house to do some work when they say they're going to do it. What, what, uh, h- how refreshing is that? How refreshing is it to, to ha- if somebody says, I'll call you back in 10 minutes, they call you back in 10 minutes. It's being reliable. And I think that reliability, the marketplace is not only star for that. I think they'll pay big money to get it. I know they will.
2: Yep, agreed. Discipline is. Um, <clears throat> you're right. I mean, if you just give it your all, you're reliable, you're disciplined, you do what you say you're going to do. You can automatically stand out. And then for the people that are really go getters, now yeah. I, me and Courtney talk about this all the time. I think it's. I think it's the best time in the world and in, in our history to make to be as successful as you want. Like if you're a go-getter and you're willing to do whatever it takes, like, ah, I don't
1: even think you have to be that much of a go-getter anymore. I think the gap's getting so big to where if you have, if you have integrity, you have some level of communication. You have the ability to communicate. (laughs) If you are coachable, which is huge. Like, are you willing to take criticism? Are you willing to accept feedback to learn? Yeah. And then you know, that's really the basis of it. Do you offer something that somebody needs? Do you solve a problem? And are you a decent human being? Like the gap is getting so big. So I actually, I love it. It's frustrating as hell uh, as a consumer because I've had multiple things where people don't call me back. Like I'm like begging people to take my money, but as a provider, Uh It's giving us a competitive, especially as salespeople, it's like, dang, this is great. You stay home. Don't show up. I think that's great for me. Thank you so much. You're making my job easy.
0: You know what, the, to me, um, one of the hardest thing talking about change, one of the most difficult things I've ever gotten any of our salespeople to do, which is the simplest and the easiest things to do. They see other agents that do it and make lots of money, okay? But they still won't do it. And that's this right here, postage stamps, Mm. okay? You know, a lot of people don't do business with companies on a repeat basis because they're not made to feel special,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: number one. Number two, they're never thanked for their business or they don't feel like that they were thanked. For that business. Okay. And I think that if you're not getting at least half of your business from referrals, you're doing something wrong. And the way you get referrals is not to, as I call, whore it out and say, Hey, I'll give you this if you refer some people over. You make their experience so nice, so reliable, so delightful, so pleasant, they're going to tell people about you anyway. And so I have people just write thank you notes. They'll write a thank you note for buying a policy. It doesn't matter if they bought it, bought one that was $10 a month or $10,000 a month. Okay. And guys go, why would I do that? I said, because no one else does. No one else does. And the, the, the people that I have that send a thank you note, they send a birthday card, they send a Christmas card. They're always... Even, even a text, and, you know, here in Florida, um, you, know, we, you know, we have hurricanes, and I would text clients of mine and say, hey, just want to see how you're doing, making sure you're okay and whatnot. It's reaching out to them, and, 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 I, and these same agents will text five to 10 of their clients every day, not to sell them anything, but just to say, hey, um, just reaching out, want to see how you're doing just want to let you know, and I appreciate you, whatever. Um, that goes over huge. And it's a minuscule amount of effort, but it's like pulling teeth to get most people to do it.
2: Yep, two things here. All right, so two things. This is funny you bring this up. So <clears throat> I was recently just reading an article and uh, talked about consumer buying behavior, experience, the customer experience. 90% of people surveyed said, that the experience, how they feel, the customer experience is more important than the actual product they're purchasing, all right? And then the other thing I want to add here is just the sell doesn't stop at the point of sell, all right? Like you have to continue exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Because if you don't continue to help the customer, and I'm not talking selling the customer anything, I'm talking about exactly what you're doing. Texting them, adding them as friends on social media, mailing them thank you cards, calling and just checking in. How are you? You automatically, number one, become more referable, but also from a retention standpoint, that customer is going to stay with you longer. And that's the point of this. It's not to try and have 12-month customers. It's try to have lifelong customers.
1: And you want quality relationships. And I think about this. This would be like if you spent all your time, energy, and effort in the dating phase. And then when you got married, you were out, you're like, Nope, yeah. I'm not going to take care of this relationship. I'm not going to nurture it. You're not going to be very, very long. Like that's not how this works. So as much time as you spend in the dating phase or in the sales cycle or in trying to acquire business, mm-hmm. you have to spend double retaining the business and nurturing that relationship if not they will divorce you they're they're out because yeah, it's, if, if it's just like take, with any relationship
0: yeah if you don't take care of that relationship if you don't make them feel special if you don't you you, you know if, if you don't if, if you're not in it you know your customers will leave you your wife will leave you you know your kids won't talk to you you know you'll lose friends you you have to maintain those relationships that you want and you know, it's just like they like say in divorces, you know, it's cheaper to keep her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is true, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> $10 million gone. But but
1: buy low, sell high. She never buy low, that sell one. high.
0: That's right. But <laughs> but the thing is, is is like, especially now in like what we're paying for some of our insurance leads, some of these are like $150 a piece. You know, it yep. costs a lot of money. Yeah, to to, to do that, um, isn't it not? You know, isn't it cheaper to try to get pe- get the people that you're already doing business with to do more with you, the people that you know, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. you know that's the problem. Most most insurance agents, in particular when they make a sale, it's a one and done. They don't want to go back and see them again or contact them again because they're afraid. Customer is gonna say, uh, you know, I I changed my mind, I don't want this, I can't afford this. That's what they're afraid is gonna happen. It doesn't, does it happen occasionally? Yeah, of course it happens mm-hmm. occasionally, but the benefits that you get out of that is gonna far outweigh whoever's gonna uh cancel on you down the road. Would yep. you agree? Oh,
2: a hundred percent. Yes. Like things come up in life where customers will have to change, cancel, whatever, but But I would also say, wouldn't you want to be there because they're going to cancel anyways. So wouldn't you want to be there to try to save that sell anyways? And not only that, you're there to help them, guide them. They know you like you, trust you. You know them, you like them, you trust them. Look, you want to do business with people just like that.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it'd be like going on a date and having a wonderful date and be like, I'm never going to call this person again because they might find out I'm a complete douche. (laughs) Like that doesn't even make any sense. Like you have to show up and it's not hard. Again, we're talking about the gap here with how to stand out. Now it's not hard to stand out with service. It's really not. Genuinely care about people, listen to their problems, do your best to solve their problem, communicate expectations. If they're like, mm-hmm. hey, I have a problem. This is what I'm going through. I hear you. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to find the answer. If you don't know it, and then communicate yeah. What the expect? What they can expect? Like where people get pissed is when they don't hear anything. Like when you just ghost them, and they have a problem or a question, you're like, "I got my money, I'm out."
0: Yeah, it's and and you said it. The it's all about their experience, how they feel. Here in Naples, where I live, um, a few years ago, a grocery store opened up. It's called Seed to Table. It's just a one-off. Okay. This thing is big as two Home Depots. And the guy who built it is an absolute genius. It opened up right around when the pandemic started. He never required anyone to wear a mask in there. Okay. He had live music going on all the time. He, the, the, you know, you could drink wine, drink beer, drink whiskey while you push the grocery cart. Uh, only grocery only grocery store I've ever seen in my life that have valet parking, okay? At any given time, a manager told me there were like 600 people that were working in there, 600 employees at any given moment. And he's not selling anything that's cheap. He's not giving anything away in there. I mean, it, the, the the store is actually quite expensive, but people, you can't get a parking spot in there because of the experience that people have when they go in there, that grocery store, I would bet in the last two years has convinced more people to move to Southwest Florida than anything. I know at least a dozen people that just went in that grocery store saw what was going on. They want to buy a house here. You know, I just, but I, I want to just the go there to experience, experience it. That they had.
1: Yeah. People want to feel something and hell yeah. I want to feel that. I want to be boozy when I'm. Yeah.
0: And find yeah. me up
2: right now. <laughs> because
0: I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've been in there and you would see someone from, you know, the Midwest or, you know, you know or other parts of the country and they're walking around just in amazement going, this is what life used to be like. Hmm. This is what life was, was a few years ago. It never stopped here. And, um, you know, love it or hate it, whatever your opinion of that is, you know. He knows who his audience is, and he is yep. cashing in on it. The, the the man is absolutely printing money, just printing money. Um, I love it, and, and it's all because of the experience that he's giving him. Nothing else. It's no, there's nothing exceptional about the food that he sells. There's nothing. There's nothing exceptional about any of it except the experience, and the experience is is completely it, it's at this grocery store is actually probably the hottest nightclub in naples they they they, they it's open to like one or two o'clock in the morning you'll see i've got videos of bartenders you know drunk dancing on top of the bars <laughs> and all that stuff in a grocery store you know <gasps> it, it's, it, it's 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 craziest thing ever but he knows his audience and he's giving them that experience
1: that's so freaking smart too because you have to think about like and in the insurance game, we're all selling the same thing. And it can be a boring thing that we're selling and a grocery store. I mean, they're all selling food and that can yeah. be kind of a boring thing, but he made it cool because he created a feeling and an experience. I think we have the ability to do the same thing in our, in our industry. I think we can oh, really.
0: can. And, you know, yeah. you, you, you want to be able to, to talk to your prospect and ask them questions about. You know, uh, you know what are the consequences for for his family if he doesn't do anything? And what's that feeling gonna be like once he has the peace of mind, knowing that things are taken care of, that they're going to be taken care of that that there's advantages for him over and above him dying that he can use this this product for and whatnot. Um, that's called selling. That's called you, you know and and, the problem is there's so many people in our industry, they treat this, they treat these products as a commodity mm-hmm. Yep. and they treat people like numbers. And while they'll make a living, they'll never get wealthy doing it. Nope. At the end of the day, they're slinging shit up against the wall just to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And that works for some people. Never worked for me. Um, nope. Yeah.
2: If you're a product pusher, that's, yeah, you, you never want to, you want to be uh, product pushers are. It's just a bad experience all the way around. Like, well, uh,
1: <laughs> well, as a consumer too. Like, I'm a person. I want you to get to know what keeps me up at night and how can you help me? Like, get to know your customers. Well, how unfulfilled? What- Go ahead. No, I. I well, how unfulfilled?
2: Up. As the sales professional, if you're just pushing products. Man, I get I get fired up. How unfulfilled are you in what you're doing every single day? Like. Right you're not fulfilled, you have no passion, you have no joy. Like that just sucks. Like go do something else. Like you deserve it and the customer deserves it too.
0: Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many how many agents that I've talked to in the, in the past that that weren't doing well and you could tell they weren't really in it. And I would tell them do yourself and do your family a favor, get out and go do something else. Yep. Something something that makes you happy. Well, if people want to get a hold of you guys, and I'm sure they do for training, you guys are awesome. Uh, <laughs> how, how 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 do they how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so you can go to our website. It's www.weaversa.com. You can follow us on social media. It's Michael and Courtney Weaver. Uh we're on all the things, all the Tiki Talks, all the Instagram, all the cool things at all the cool cases. Facebook,
2: are doing. LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it.
1: Yeah, we're on it. We're elder you, millennials you, you trying TikTok to hack dances? it. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. I mean like that that's what's happening. Uh w- we're, we're elder millennials trying to look fucking cool on, the internet. um, it's not going over well, but, but no, we show up and we provide a ton of value because we really want to give back to our industry, to sales professionals in general, because it's the one profession where your income and your impact is uncapped. Like you can yeah. really make your mark in the world. So follow us, shoot us a message. Um, you can reach out to us directly. You can text us, uh, on our cell phone. Um, it's 816-727-7610. Let us know that you found us here and we'd love to have a conversation, shoot us a DM. We're just Midwestern people. So we are glad to chat it up all day long and help any way we can. Yep.
2: And just like you, we have a podcast called the insurance buzz. So check that out. Um, for anyone that's running an insurance agency that has like personal lines. I also wrote a book called game changer, taking your, uh, insurance agency to the next level so you can That's find awesome. it on amazon and it's suit i think it's like 13 bucks but it's it's kick-ass i might be biased but it's uh it's really really it's good
0: great. there you go i gotta get that actually uh actually I we'll send you a copy yeah i'll send you a book it just came out um from
1: blame to fame hell a week ago. yes congrats. A week ago. congrats
0: congrats yeah like like a week ago so that is an
2: amazing accomplishment uh, i like, shooting
0: uh, i'll be shooting one to you guys as well well, thank you so much for being on. I really do appreciate You guys are just delightful. I learned a whole lot of, about what you do. And, uh, and, and it's just refreshing to meet people, especially uh, in in our industry, which I really don't have a lot of people in our industry on the podcast that are doing things right. And I'm I'm very proud of what you've accomplished and, and whatnot. And uh, you guys are awesome. I hope I can have you on again one day.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks so much, uh, Jeff.
0: Thank you.